Hey there, welcome to the Sparkable Moments podcast, where we have conversations to feed the soul. In this show, we explore the human experience using a mix of science and personal stories, random ponderings, and deep end of the pool discussions. I'm your hostess, Suzette Conway. I'm a happiness coach and the creator of the Flitter Sphere, which is a community of women intent on crafting our most vibrant lives. This show is part of my mission to raise the world's vibration and consciousness by creating better human experiences to change the world in beautiful and spectacular ways. I'm so glad you're joining me on the journey. In today's show, we are talking about what it means to thrive as human beings. At the end of the show, I have a fantastic gift for you and a heads up on a new program that's launching soon. And I also have an activity that you can do in under 20 minutes to help you live more vibrantly. Be sure to stick around and hear all the details and grab the gift. Okay, this is the first episode of my new podcast. Woohoo! You can't see it right now, but I'm doing a little happy dance as I record this show. I am beyond excited to put this into the world. It has been just under a year since I admitted to myself that I wanted to create the Sparkable Moments podcast. And seeing it come to life brings me immense joy and satisfaction. And honestly, a little fear and some nagging concerns about my ability to commit to things, but mostly joy and satisfaction. And I think that's so fitting since joy and satisfaction are central themes of today's episode. So, Let's get started because I want to talk to you about something important. I want to talk to you about living a rich, full life in which we flourish as human beings. I call this living a vibrant life, and it has a little something to do with being happy. So let's start there. Very few of us are happy all the time. It's normal for emotions to fluctuate and happiness comes and goes throughout our lives and not just day to day, but in stages of our life. For instance, data shows that young kids are pretty happy, but unhappiness grows as we age. Midlife especially is a time when happiness tends to take a dive. A study published in the Journal of Economic Behavior and Organization analyzed over 14 million participants and found that for people in Europe and the United States, unhappiness increases and hits a high in our late 40s. They looked at indicators for unhappiness like anxiety and worry and loneliness, sadness and stress, depression and pain. They even looked at confidence levels, feeling like a failure, feeling left out, um, and being under strain. Uh, They factored in age, marital status, political views, education, the economy, and so forth. And what the research tells us is that it's clear that we get unhappier in midlife. Why is this the case? Well, the researchers in that huge study suggest that there are three possible reasons. First, we learn to adapt to our strengths and our weaknesses over time and start to see our realities change. So in midlife, we start to think we won't realize our dreams and aspirations from when we were younger. Second, it may be that cheerful people live longer than miserable people, and there's sort of this survival of the fittest effect in which we see higher levels of happiness as we age past midlife because there are simply more happy people left at those older ages. And third is that as we age past midlife, we recognize that people around us are getting sick and dying, and we start to be grateful for our blessings and for our good health, and therefore we become happier. Simply put, we choose happiness more as we age than we do in midlife. Now, other research shows us that we're happiest at ages 33, 55, and in our 70s on average. 
33, because we have the energy and the knowledge to pursue our dreams. 55, because we've built up enough assets and authority to be comfortable. And our 70s, because we're free at that age of many of the stressful responsibilities that we have at younger ages, and we have the time and the room to reflect on our life and our accomplishments. And these findings support that we're unhappier in midlife, but they add to the possible reasons why. In midlife, many of us do lack the energy and assets and the freedom that we have at other points in our lives. It makes sense. Our energy and assets are going to our families and our careers. And everyday life is full of stressors that we don't often have when we're younger or older, like kids to raise or mortgages to pay. There's tons of research on this issue, and it is clear that we get unhappier in midlife. Some people may see this data about midlife unhappiness and think it's evidence of a so-called midlife crisis. Personally, I'm not a fan of that concept. I prefer to see it as a call to create a midlife shift that helps us to be happier and healthier and to thrive again on purpose. It's an opportunity to look honestly at our current reality and ask ourselves what it is we want and then choose to create a life in line with that. We don't lose the ability to be conscious creators just because we age into midlife. We simply need to reconnect to those creative skills. And this is a primary focus of a vibrant life. Now, the details of what makes a life vibrant will be different for each of us. But I think that I can define vibrant living in a way that most of us can relate to and that still gives us the room to paint our own personal picture of it. So... What is a vibrant life? I define it as a life that is full of joy and meaning and well-being, in which we are aligned to our gifts and our strengths and to our true nature and purpose. A life in which we live intentionally and function optimally in service of our highest good, honoring what our genius spirit wants for us. I love that definition. It speaks to my soul. What a life to aspire to. I developed that definition of a vibrant life for myself after years of practicing intuitive and spiritual and creative principles in the pursuit of my own best life. It's got all the good stuff in there, the stuff that lights us up and lifts us into our best selves. I mean, look at it. We're using our gifts, tapping into our strengths, knowing and honoring our essence and our purpose, embracing intentionality and choice and all the personal power and responsibility that that entails and functioning really well. More than just getting by, it means thriving. And it's all in service of our inner spirit of something bigger than our human selves. I find the notion of knowing about that something bigger and honoring and connecting to it to be awe-invoking. When I let myself really settle into what it means for me, it gives me goosebumps and hope and a deep sense of purpose and possibility. I think this definition of a vibrant life is a framework that is universally applicable, but can also be personally customized. I mean, what are your gifts? What is your essence? What is your genius spirit calling you to do and be in this life? What does it mean to you to live optimally? What is your highest good? What does it mean to you to connect to your something bigger? Reflecting on all of this is a soul satisfying experience. And so is living in alignment with it. This is spirit centered work and it isn't for everyone. Let's break it down a bit and see how it resonates with you. We'll start with joy. 
I think of joy as more than simple happiness. Happiness is typically a fleeting emotional state. It's a positive or pleasant or pleasurable feeling. And that seems simple enough, right? But to me, pleasant and pleasurable represent very different experiences. When I think of pleasant, I imagine an agreeable person or a fall afternoon with clear blue skies and a lazy day of reading in the sun. When I think of pleasure, I think of sex and chocolate and crispy, salty pieces of pork belly melting in my mouth. (laughs) Pleasant is an evening walk. Pleasure is a full body, deep tissue massage with scented oils and music outside for two hours. The word pleasant is actually rooted in the 14th century meaning for being liked or acceptable or approved of. It also evolved to mean to delight or attract someone or to amuse or entertain. And these are all perfectly lovely things. But then there's pleasure. In the 14th century, this came to mean desire or the source of enjoyment or that which pleases and gratifies the senses or the mind. I love that. Now, by the 15th century, pleasure evolved to mean sensual gratification and indulgence of the appetites as the chief objective of life. Think about that. The pursuit of pleasure was seen as a primary objective of life. A pleasant life wasn't enough. Seeking pleasure, something richer and more gratifying was the goal. And I think there is something even higher than pleasure. It's joy. These days, As we're actively exploring all the things about science and happiness, which I love, we are often told to skip the pursuit of happiness in favor of meaningfulness. But I think a full and satisfying life includes both. And to me, that's where joy fits in. I think you can plot it on a continuum as related but different experiences. We can move from simple happiness to pleasant experiences to pleasurable experiences and then into joy. Joy is happiness plus meaning. It's heart-centered happiness that lights up your soul. The lower kinds of happiness are hedonic. They are rooted in pleasure and there is nothing wrong with pursuing them, but they are quickly passing emotions and experiences. Joy, on the other hand, is a transcendent experience that lingers beyond the moments of whatever triggered the happiness. It's a higher kind of happiness called a eudaimonic state. Because joy includes the positive emotions of happiness, which are proven to be good for us, and the deeper experiences of meaning, also proven to be good for us, joy itself contributes to our overall well-being, and it helps us flourish in our human experience. Here's an example of joy. Happiness might be having a good glass of wine with some friends while you listen to a cover band, sing your favorite 80s music. But joy is the free, full-throated laughter with your best friends as you sing along to those songs and reminisce about your teen years while reveling in your midlife tradition of getting together every week at your favorite pub to bond and celebrate the doing of life together. The wine and the music are fine, but the meaningfulness of the rest of it is what creates the deeper joy that serves us so well as human beings. Joy is powerful. And now I hope you see why I also included meaning in the definition of vibrant living. Living with meaning is about living in a way that is personally significant and that includes having a direction or a purpose that motivates us. This provides a sense of balance and context that helps us move beyond the commotion and the craziness of life by anchoring us to something bigger than ourselves. 
meaningfulness can be tied to things like connecting with good friends or raising a family or helping a sick loved one, or maybe the satisfaction of solving a problem or teaching someone a skill or growing a community garden. It often includes other people, but it doesn't have to. It just needs to be significant to you and have some higher purpose. That's the difference between the visceral pleasurable feelings of the hedonic happiness and something higher and more meaningful. Well-being is the third anchor in vibrant living. Well-being is about being comfortable, happy, and healthy in life. And we already know that joy and meaningfulness contribute to well-being, but there's more to it than that. Well-being can relate to any area of your life. So ask yourself, are you comfortable and healthy and happy as it relates to your physical health or spiritually or emotionally? What about your finances or your relationships or your work? How are you doing with your sense of self-expression and creativity? Well-being is really about quality of life. And I contend that the higher your sense of well-being, the easier it is to express your spirit in the world, which makes you happy and helps you thrive and creates well-being. It's like a loop. Now, that doesn't mean that you have to be doing well in every area of your life to thrive. But the more wellness that you can create in more areas of your life, the better you'll feel about life and the better you'll feel in life. Like the rest of the definition of vibrant living, well-being can be personalized. Think about what it means to you to be physically healthy and how that may be different than what it means to someone else to be physically healthy. We all have different life experiences and capabilities and resources and goals. For me, health includes things like lowering my systemic inflammation or keeping my blood sugar in check or being able to move freely and without pain. For someone else, being healthy may mean being able to run a marathon. For others, it could be developing the flexibility and the stamina needed to play with their grandkids. Maybe it means being fit enough to walk around the old world cities for days, allowing for more joyful travel experiences. The same can be said for what it means to you or anybody else to be well in every area of your life. With all that being said, you might still be asking, what is the value of a vibrant life? Why should you care about intentionally creating an authentic, awe-inspiring, soul-satisfying human experience? Well, I contend that you should not only care about it, you should make it a priority. Simply put, creating a vibrant life helps you live longer. It helps you to be happier and have a more satisfying existence. Why would you want to settle for anything less than the highest quality life you can create? To me, the why do it is really about why not do it. And it isn't as hard as we think it is. There are so many little things that we can do purposely to live a better life. Consider optimism. Research shows that optimistic people are better leaders, they're more resilient, and they tend to have fewer health problems. They live longer and they have better moods and higher self-esteem and better relationships than pessimistic people. Developing this mindset is possible. It's not like you're either optimistic or not. You can train yourself to be more optimistic. Not enough for you? Research also shows that deep chronic loneliness is a bigger predictor of early death than smoking. We humans are biologically wired for connection. Nurturing good relationships is essential to thriving. So what can you do to create better relationships in your life? It doesn't have to be earth shattering stuff. Small changes over time move us forward. Want more? People with a sense of purpose get sick less often. They better manage and mitigate stress, and they have a strong sense of psychological balance, a mental fortitude, and they also live longer. Purpose is powerful, 
And there's a lot out there these days on the urgency of finding your purpose and how to do it. And this is why it improves the quality of your life. Personally, I believe that your purpose is not so much something you find as it is something that you remember and reconnect to. You can do this by experimenting and trying new things or engaging more in the world or opening your mind to possibilities. We'll talk more about purpose in a bit, so stick around for that. But for right now, I just want to say clearly it is important to know what contributes to human thriving, like optimism or connection or purpose. And for that matter, things like creativity and play and good sleep. It's also important to know how to create these things in your life in a way that works for you. And when you do it, it can have powerful impacts on the quality of your life. So whether you're here for 20 years or 120 years, don't you want to make the most of it? I know I sure do. And if you're like me, you deeply desire to have the best human experience you can in your time on this earth. To me, the most basic reason to create your vibrant life is because you can and because it feels good. But if you need a deeper reason, I have one for you. It starts with my favorite quote from French philosopher Pierre Teilhard de Chardin. Pierre says, we are not human beings having a spiritual experience. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. Our true nature is spiritual, divine. I agree with Chardin so much that I actually believe it's our primary purpose to live our best human experience and that doing that is rooted in an ongoing effort to reconnect to and fully express our true spiritual nature, our own divinity. All of the purposes we may remember or find or create for ourselves are part of that primary purpose. Yes, you heard that right. I believe that creating our most vibrant lives is our primary purpose, and dare I say, our responsibility to ourselves, to God, to the universe, and to all that came before us and all that comes after us. It is the highest form of living intentionally, living consciously, and living bravely. I think the folks in the 15th century had it right. The pursuit of more than a pleasant life is good for us. We deserve to create a vibrant life, to truly thrive. We are designed for exactly that. Now, I know that this can feel like a big task, a difficult perspective to live up to. It's worth pointing out that none of this needs to be done perfectly. You don't need to experience some perfect level of well-being and meaning and joy in every area of your life in order to be living vibrantly. Perfect doesn't even really exist. The point of the definition of vibrant living, the point of the quest for living our best lives and seeking that something more that we're meant for, it's all about an ever-evolving spiraling up of our spirit's expression in the world. The evolving is never done. We're never done. And that means that there is always room for expansion and growth. It means that we can choose to thrive in whatever space we are in at any given moment. It's about mindset and intention, really. It's never about perfection. In this way, you can think of the goal of experiencing a vibrant life as directional. It's meant to pull you towards a higher state of being, like some gravitational force. That state of being is not a destination that you reach and then you're done. It's an ongoing journey. And if the directional pull only moves you one inch further today or five feet closer tomorrow, or if you have a quantum leap into your next best level of self-expression, or if you feel like you are sliding backwards years in your evolution, it's all okay because it all matters and it's all valuable. And that's because all of it, 
even the bits that don't feel so vibrant, help you evolve into who you are meant to be. It is all part of the journey that you're on. I think it's powerful, in fact, to train ourselves out of thinking of things from the perspective of sliding backward. On those days when we engage in our egoic doubts and fears and assumptions and expectations and our limiting beliefs and our self-sabotaging strategies, when we engage in our humanness more than we engage in our spiritual nature, it's not a failure. It's not a step backward. It is, in fact, part of the experience as a whole. The egoic human part of us isn't less important than the spiritual part of us. It's there to help us see and value and strive toward the spiritual part of us. We need our humanness. So even when we experience what feels like a failure or a setback, it's a myth that that is a less valuable part of us or that it in some way counteracts our goal of evolving. It is, in fact, the evolving It is the journey to see that part of us at work and to see all aspects of our human and spiritual nature and then choose what of us we will express in any given moment. We never leave the path of our own evolution. The whole experience is something to celebrate and embrace. When we can train ourselves to see our experience from that perspective, we don't need to be perfect. We simply need to be aware and intentional and engaged in the pursuit, fully immersed in the human and spiritual experiences of ourselves. That alone will change you forever. That alone deeply connects you with the something bigger than you. I love all of this stuff, and I hope that you do too. One of my favorite things about vibrant living is that it's so popular right now. There is an entire industry around flourishing. The field of positive psychology studies things like resilience and gratitude and altruism. Neuroscience studies things like the effects of loneliness on our brains. People like Ariana Huffington are rethinking how we live and work so that we prioritize wellness and end burnout. Mindfulness apps like Calm and Headspace are wildly popular and raising millions in funding rounds. Wellness tourism, like a retreat in Bali, is a $639 billion industry. The spa economy alone is worth $119 billion. And bookstores everywhere are full of resources on happiness, meaning, habit formation, emotional intelligence, mindset, mindfulness, human performance. Human flourishing is having a moment. And this stuff isn't fluff. Ancient wisdom and spiritual traditions have long known what science is now proving. That tools like meditation, visualization, and breath work serve us in powerful ways. That energy centers are real and the mind-body connection is unmistakable. That mindfulness and connection and having a sense of purpose are keys to happiness and well-being. And that cultivating a sense of awe and practicing gratitude and integrating play and rest into your life will drastically enhance the quality of your life. I value all of this stuff so much that I use it in my own life and I incorporate it into my coaching programs that help professional women flourish in midlife. It brings me immense joy to integrate the science-backed practices with the spiritual and ancient wisdom, along with intuition and creative principles. I've seen it create powerful transformations in my own life and with my clients and with my coaching colleagues. And what I know is this, vibrant living is something you can do intentionally. Thriving is a choice. You can craft your own best life along your personal path by leveraging the old and the new, the known and the proven, the intuitive and the rational, the masculine and the feminine, or as I like to call it all, the science and the magic. 
Indeed, human flourishing is definitely having a moment. I don't know about you, but I'm determined to live my best life, and I'm on a mission to help others do the same. I want you to know that it is okay to want more than a safe, average, good on paper, pleasant life. It's okay to want a deeply satisfying life that is full of joy and meaning and so much more. We are meant to thrive. When you feel yourself thinking things like, hmm, something's missing, something's off or wrong with my life, I should be happier, right? Is there something more to life than this? The answer is yes, you are meant for something more. And that more is found by reconnecting to yourself, to how you truly want to be in this world, and then learning to intentionally be that. It's why I take this stand for you and me and every other person on this journey. Here it is. You deserve your best life, and the world needs the highest version of you. Those two things are related, and they're worthy of your attention, because you are the only one who can create the life your soul craves. And when you do it, everyone around you benefits, because a thriving version of you is better able to contribute to the world and the people in it. And because experiencing yourself fully is your right and your primary purpose. It is time to be fully expressed in the world. When we do this, we create a vibrant life full of sparkable moments that light our spirit on fire and awaken us in unexpected ways. These may be moments of inspiration or insight or moments of deep connection to other people or the world around us or to our authentic selves. Whatever they are, sparkable moments leave us feeling expanded, more open, more alive, more aware. Living our best life, true to who we are and what our spirit wants, is what produces the sparkable moments and the vibrant life that is so good for us and the world. Imagine what is possible in a world full of self-realized, happy, fulfilled, on-purpose people living in a way that lights up their spirit. If you feel ready for that, I want to invite you to join the Flitter Sphere. It's a space to connect with other women who are eager to revel in people and possibilities and purpose as they do this soul-satisfying work. There's a link to the online community in the show notes. I hope you'll join us in the Flitter Sphere as you embrace your own journey to your best life. To get you started on that journey, or to help supplement it, I've included a link in the show notes to a worksheet that will help you begin to explore what you want in each area of your life and what holds you back. I invite you to complete the activity as a gift to yourself, a few moments of purposely focusing on what you'd love in your life as if you actually matter, because you do. I think many of us tend to put others before ourselves, often to our own detriment, We think it's the right thing to do, but that's not always the case. We spend all of our energy trying to do and be everything to everyone, and we have nothing left for ourselves. By the time we hit midlife, living this way can leave us stressed out and burned out, exhausted, unhappy, resentful, etc., etc. And it likely leaves us struggling in more than one area of our lives, our health, our relationships, our career, our creative expression, and more. It is okay to question how you are living and if it serves you. I hope that you can see from today's show that creating your vibrant life is good for you and the world around you. You deserve nothing less. It's your right, and if you want it, it's your responsibility to build it. Vibrancy is a choice, and while making choices that serve us can feel scary sometimes, it's actually a very good thing. Intentionality is a strength. Showing up for yourself as yourself is a superpower. 
I feel so strongly about this that I've built an entire group coaching program that will help you shift your life so you can live vibrantly with joy and meaning and well-being, aligned to your gifts and strengths and to your true nature and purpose, living intentionally and functioning optimally in service of your highest good and what your genius spirit wants for you. The program is opening for enrollment soon, and if you feel called to do this work in your life, I invite you to join in. As a special gift in celebration of launching the Sparkable Moments podcast, I'm giving you a discount code that will take 15% off the program price, and it will be good for the first three months after launch. The code is SYVL15, so an abbreviation for SHIFT into Your Vibrant Life 15. Write that down and then join the Flittersphere community and watch for the launch announcement. I hope that the concept of intentionally creating your vibrant life resonates with you and that you'll join us on this journey. Okay, that wraps up today's episode. In the next episode, I'll share a personal story of how I showed up for myself in midlife so that I could live more vibrantly. And I'll talk about how the constant quest to live fully, to not waste this life, has driven me and tortured me, and how it finally freed me to live authentically by pursuing what my spirit wants. I hope you'll listen as we discuss the power of a midlife shift and why it might be time for you to focus on your midlife shift. If you enjoyed this show, join the ongoing conversation in the Flitter Sphere and share what resonated with you. There's a link in the show notes. Also, please share the podcast with your friends and subscribe so you don't miss a thing. Thank you so much for listening to this inaugural episode of the Sparkable Moments podcast. I hope you'll come back often and have more conversations to feed the soul. Thanks for listening to the Sparkable Moments podcast, produced by Purple Chicken Life and shared through the Flitter Sphere. I'm Suzette Conway, and you can find me at flittersphere.com. Remember, you deserve to have your most vibrant life, and the world needs the highest version of you. Those two things are related and they're worthy of your attention because you are the only one who can create the life your soul craves. And when you do, everyone around you benefits. So go on, be vibrant.